Hallelujah. Were you glad to be in the house of God tonight? Amen. Almost want to have church outside. Felt that good. It's that nice out there. The fall is here. Yeah, we ought to just praise him for that, right? <laughs> that ought to get some people running around the room a little bit. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, we started last week. I want you to go ahead and turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 2. We're going to camp here a little bit. We've got some other passages we'll take a look at, but we're going to kind of camp in 1 Corinthians chapter 2. And last week we began talking about truth, the revealing of truth, that God wants to reveal truth to us. He, he does not want us in the dark. God wants his people, his citizens, uh, his kingdom believers knowing some stuff. Amen. Uh, but we've got to understand that the thing that we're after is truth. And it's very difficult to discover and uncover truth in our day and age because there are so many lies available. There are so many lies out there. And we said this last week, that a lie is simply a perversion of a truth. So if you want the truth, it requires some work. If you want the truth, it requires some digging. You've got to get beyond the lie that we've seen. We've got to get beyond the lie that we see other people living. Um, and, you know, honestly, I, I think that uh, what has happened is we have just settled for the lie rather than really wanting to discover the truth. Uh, but everything that is in the earth today, everything that we struggle with, everything that we go through in life, there is truth and it's found in God's word. We started last week with John chapter one. John chapter one begins with verse one it says in the beginning was the word and the word was God and the word was with God. And then we skip all the way down to verse 14 and we discover that that word that's always been with God takes on flesh and we call him Jesus. But it also tells us that that word was full of grace and full of truth. So if I want to understand truth, if I want to come to know truth, I've got to get to know God's word. And in John chapter 15, I'm just kind of summarizing here. John chapter 15, he says, if you abide in me and I abide in you, what's that talking about? It's talking about being in the word. Because Jesus, before he was Jesus, the man, he was the word of God. And so he's ultimately saying, you got to get in the word. If you abide in the word, if you really want to know truth, if you really want to be set free, because the truth will set you free. Not just getting saved will set you free. There's a lot of people that are saved but are not set free. They're still bound by stuff. Why? Because they're in the kingdom, but still living a lie. Okay? So we've got to discover these truths. And, and we've uncovered this, that, uh, you know, God wants us to know truth. That's why he gave us his word. And there were three ways that God reveals his word. He reveals his word, number one, through inspiration. That is the truth that's recorded. That's what we have. Uh, the word of God that we can carry with us. And at any point I can go and receive the, inspira the inspired word of God. But then we also notice that the Holy Spirit wants to take us a step further and he wants to illuminate those scriptures to us. So now black words on white paper become more than just 
black words on white paper, more than just what John wrote or Paul wrote. I like the way one minister put it. He said, uh, you know, when you read, you know, a lot of these chapters will tell you who they are writing to. You know, the church at Ephesus or the church at Corinth or the church at Rome, or sometimes they're even written to specific individuals. Uh, But I like the way one writer wrote it. He said, as soon as he made that statement, God arrested his writing and he began writing to me. Because the word of God is relevant for my situation. It's the most relevant thing we have on the planet. It's the mo- this, this thing took care of issues 2,000 years ago, and it will still take care of your issues today if we live by it and apply its principles. That's the inspired word of God. But the Holy Spirit wants to go even further than that. He wants to illuminate or enlighten the scripture. What's that mean? Show me the true meaning behind the words that are on the page. Show me how I can actually apply this. To my life. But then God, the Father, wants to reveal His Word to us. And that's the ultimate way that God wants to uh, get truth to us today, is through revelation. And that's what we're going to look at today. The title of my message today is You Can't Handle the Truth. You Can't Handle the Truth. And we're going to find out today that we can't handle the truth. But there is someone that God has given to us. Jesus promised Him He would come and He would help us. No truth. Anybody want to know truth tonight? All right. Well, then let's get into it. First Corinthians chapter two. First Corinthians chapter two in verse six, it says this. It says this, however, we speak wisdom among those who are mature, yet not the wisdom of this age nor of the rulers of this age who are coming to nothing. But we speak to the wisdom of God in a mystery. Everyone say mystery. We speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the ages for our glory. That word ordained means predestined, meaning that he's had this plan conjured up the whole time just never let anybody in on it that's why it's a mystery that's why it's hidden that god ordained before the ages for our glory which none of the rulers of this age knew for had they known they would not have crucified the lord of glory and verse 9 says but as it is written eye has not seen ear has not heard, nor has entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. And this is where we're going to start, because the first thing we got to understand about truth, the first thing we have to understand about the truth of God is that it's hidden. And the fact that it is hidden, the fact that it is a mystery, identifies that it must be revealed. There's a revelation that has to take place. This is where I want to focus is on the revelation of truth. But we've got to understand how truth is revealed. See, this is the way that I do my subjects. When I'm studying something out, I'm asking questions that I hope you're asking while you're hearing this. So if you're no, if you've heard so far between last night and or last week and tonight that we need to know the truth, and God wants us to know truth, then there's some questions that we need to ask. Number one, who's telling us truth? Who's revealing us truth? Where is the truth? Where do I need to go to find it? 
How do I discover the truth? Why do I need to discover truth? When can I discover truth? These are the questions that you should be asking. And if you haven't, I've asked them for you already. And hopefully I will answer them for you in these messages. But we've got to discover that, number one, this truth is hidden somewhere. I mean, if it wasn't hidden, then everybody would know truth. Right. And we'd all be living completely different lives because the truth sets you free. But I know this, that there's still a lot of bound people. Okay, I know that there are things in my life that are still bound up that I need to discover some truth about. And so it's hidden somewhere. It's a mystery, Paul calls it. A mystery that God had thought of before time even began, ordained, predestined, before we even were a thought on this earth, God had already gotten a plan, already put together the truth that we needed, and now it's a mystery, it's hidden, and he reveals it. He reveals it, okay? This mystery does not mean something that is hidden so you can't find it. The word mystery denotes hidden so you can find it. It's hidden so that you will pursue truth. See, and I think I said this last week, and uh, many of you have probably heard me make the statement before, that the, the search determines the value. How long I search and how hard I search determines how much I want that. And so God doesn't just want his truth laying out on the service where anybody can get it. No, he wants to know who are those that want to know the mystery of my kingdom. Who are those that want to know the truth and they want to know the truth so bad that they'll dig past all the lies that have been twisted to find it. Remember, we said that last week that the enemy, his whole plan, the, the, the way the enemy works is to take truth and then twist it. And every time he twists it, it makes it harder to find the truth. You know, we talked, uh, we used the subject of sex last week. And we said that sex, I mean, if I use the word perverted, that's what we all think about. And the, the enemy has twisted that so much that it's hard to find the original intent of what it was created for in the first place. And every time it gets twisted, the truth gets dug down deeper. And deeper. Well, who's willing to dig past all the lies and dig past what the world thinks uh, sex is and love is and, and lust is? And when are we going to get past all that and find out what God meant for it to be? Jesus said, sanctify them by your word. Your word is truth. We've got to get to the word. So the truth is a mystery. It's hidden not so you can't find it. It's hidden to determine your value for it so you will search it out so you can find it. There's another passage. You've got to keep your finger in 1 Corinthians chapter 2. But I want you to turn over to Colossians chapter 1. We're going to come back to 1 Corinthians, but I want you to look at Colossians. Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians. Chapter 1, and Paul gives a little more of the explanation of what this mystery is all about. Verse 
Jimmy, I need you to uh, punch in Matthew 13, 11. Matthew 13, 11. We'll go there after we read this Colossians. Matthew 13, 11. All right, Colossians chapter 1. Colossians chapter 1. Uh, verse. Where are we going to start at? Let's start with verse 25. Colossians chapter 1, verse 25. Paul says, Of which I became a minister according to the stewardship from God, which was given to me for you to fulfill the word of God. I like the word, I like that he uses the word stewardship there. Here's the thing I've discovered about truth. If we don't use truth, we'll lose it. I've discovered about truth that if we don't use the truth that we know, we will not discover more. And so Paul is saying here, I've become a minister of this mystery. He's getting ready to talk about the ministry. And he's saying that I've been a proper steward over it. Over it. I've given it to you. I've applied it in my life. Therefore, I can fulfill the purpose of it. But any truth that we do not use, we're not being good stewards of. So even the truth that God gives to us, we have to steward over it. And verse 26 says, the mystery which has been hidden from ages and from generations. That means a long time. But now, but now has been revealed to who? His saints. But now has been revealed to a particular group, not just anybody. Not just anybody. This truth This mystery has now been revealed to his saints. Here's the thing you've got to understand. Number one, we are a three-part being. You and I are three-part beings. You are a spirit. That is who you are. That's who I'm communicating to tonight. I'm not communicating to the shell on the outside. I'm talking to the spirit man on the inside. And you possess a soul, which is your mind, your will, and your emotions, and you are housed in a body, which is your vehicle or the vessel that keeps you in this earth. Without your body, your spirit has no existence in the earth. Spirits go to spiritual places. Natural bodies are for natural places. And so you are a three-part being. And so when God is talking about this revelation of truth, he's talking about being revealed in your spirit, not in your mind, not in your head, not in your brain. You can't go to school long enough to have it revealed to you. Number one, you have to be a saint. And there are three different levels of people on the planet. All of mankind falls into three different levels. One of three different levels. Number one, there are natural people. Natural people are not born again. Do not have the Holy Spirit living on the inside of them. Uh, They are natural people. They live according to the world standards. They are not in the kingdom of God. This is Before you are saved. Number two, we have spiritual people. Spiritual people are uh, believers that come into the kingdom of God. You are saved. You are born again. You've received salvation. All the different terms that we have for it. You are spiritual. You are in the kingdom. And you grow up spiritually. Okay? That's a... Major identifier of a spiritual person is one that grows up spiritually within the kingdom of God. 
Because if you don't grow up spiritually, you fall into the third level of people on the planet. And that is carnal people. And a carnal person is a saved person, a spiritual person that still lives like a natural person. It's a person that's stuck between spiritual and natural. On the inside, I'm saved, born again, but I'm not applying any of the kingdom. I'm, I, I'm not endeavoring to grow. I'm not endeavoring to learn. I'm not endeavoring to apply the word to my life. So all of mankind falls into either being a natural person, unsaved, spiritual, saved and growing up, or carnal, saved but not growing. All of mankind. And we've got to understand that this truth, God wants to reveal to spiritual people. This is the level that God wants to reveal truth on. Carnal people do not value the word of God. Carnal people hear the word, but don't do anything with it. Natural people have no expectation of it. Natural, they, I mean, it's just boom, right over your head. And we're going to look at these verses. Because you can't handle the truth. You can't handle the truth on the outside. But there is a truth that we can handle. Verse 26, the mystery which has been hidden from ages and from generations, but now has been revealed to his saints. He's very specific. Verse 27, to them, God willed to make known what are the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles to them who his saints, those that are spiritual and endeavoring to grow in truth and grow in the word of God. These are the ones that he wants to continue to reveal the mystery to and make known the mystery of his will. So let's go back over to 1 Corinthians chapter 2. God's wisdom is not designed to be comprehended by the natural mind. It's the first thing that we've seen here. God's wisdom is not designed to be comprehended by our natural minds. So there's a mystery. There's a truth out there. But I have to get myself in position to understand it outside of my natural ability. Because a natural person doesn't get it. And a spiritual person, still acting like a natural person, doesn't get it. But a spiritual person that wants to open up their mind and allow God to reveal truth to them and grow in the truth and apply this truth will receive and will come to know the mystery that God is speaking of. So let's keep going with 1 Corinthians chapter 2. 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 10. But God has revealed to uh, but God has revealed them to us through his spirit. God has revealed them what the mysteries to us through his spirit. This verse is the key. This verse is the key. Again, hold your finger there in first Corinthians chapter 13. Bump over to Matthew chapter, or First uh, Corinthians chapter two. Bump over to Matthew chapter thirteen, verse eleven. This is interesting because this mystery is something 
that even the disciples who were walking with Jesus wanted to know about. See, even hanging out with Jesus doesn't automatically qualify you to know the mystery. Because here in Matthew chapter 13, Jesus answers his disciples. He just got done giving the parable of the sower. We've all heard the parable of the sower. It falls on four different types of ground. And he's telling this parable to a multitude of people. A bunch of people. And afterwards, his disciples turn to him and say, "Uh, Master, why why do you talk to them in parables? Why do you talk to them like that? And look what he says in verse 11. He answered and said to them, because it has been given to you to know the mysteries of the kingdom. But to them, it has not been given. Can you believe Jesus to say you can have something that they can't? Or to say they can't have what you're getting? Can you believe him to do that? And yet that's exactly what he is. He draws a line in the sand and says there's an us and there's a them. Now what defined the us and the them? He's talking to disciples. Whether it being the 12 or the 70, we don't know for a fact out of this passage. But he's talking to his disciples. Those that gave up. Those that sacrificed. Those that... Uh, made an investment to be with Jesus. And he said, because of the price you have paid, you have paid the price, you have given up to come follow me. You've left family, you've left homes, you've left jobs, you've left careers to come follow me. And therefore, there is an us and there's a them. Because they're not going to dig up The truth that I'm giving. I'm not going to dig up. They're not going to go and dig up. But you're turning to me and saying. Tell us. Explain. Expound. Why are you giving these parables? What does this parable mean? And he actually goes on. And he says. You know they have ears and they cannot hear. Got eyes and they cannot see. He gives that whole account. Why? Because they don't value what I'm giving them. So I'd speak to them in parables. He spoke in parables not to hide the truth so it couldn't be found. He spoke in parables to hide the truth to determine who really wanted to know truth. Who really wants to come follow me? Who wants to pay the price so they can know the mysteries of the kingdom? And so we go over to 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and Paul says... That God has revealed these mysteries to us in verse 10 through his spirit. For the spirit searches all things. Yes, the deep things of God. For what man knows the things of a man except the spirit of the man which is in him? What's he saying? How can anyone know what anyone's really thinking except for the person thinking it? I don't know what you're thinking right now. Only you know what you're thinking right now. And you don't know what I'm thinking right now. Only I know what I'm thinking right now. So who knows what God is thinking? His spirit. And his spirit is revealing to us what God is thinking. 
the plan that God has had from the beginning of time, from ages and generations, this mystery that's been hidden, the Holy Spirit has now revealed it to his saints. You can't handle the truth. We can't handle the truth. Look at your neighbor and tell him you can't handle the truth. You can't handle the truth. I've never seen that movie, by the way. I don't even know if I could tell you what movie that's from. I think it's a Tom Cruise. You good men, whatever. <laughs> Have not seen it. But I know the line. You can't handle the truth. We can't handle the truth. But by his spirit. The truth can be revealed. Let's keep going. There's more he wants to say. Verse. Let's read verse 11 again. For what man knows the things of a man except the spirit of the man which is in him? Even so, no one knows the things of God except the spirit of God. Verse 12. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, that we might know the things that have been, what's that word? Freely given to us by God. Freely given. So this truth, even though there's a price to pay, there's a sacrifice that costs something, God wants to make it known to us. He wants to reveal this truth. And if we are his saints hooked up with his spirit, then we can know this truth. We can know this mystery and then the truth can set us free. Verse 13, these things we also speak, not in words which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Spirit teaches, comparing spiritual things. With spiritual. But the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him. Nor can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. So the only way I'm going to know spiritual things is by being a spiritual person. A natural person cannot know, and a spiritual person acting natural and thinking natural cannot know but a spiritual person that will look at himself in the mirror and say you can't handle the truth but the holy spirit will reveal it to me now we can operate in some revelation verse 15 but he who is spiritual judges all things yet he himself is rightly judged by no one for who has known the mind of the lord that he may instruct him but we have we have the mind of Christ. So God's revelation is intended for God's people. God's revelation, the revealing of the word, is designed and intended for us. Believers, spiritual people. But there's a connection. I have to work in conjunction with somebody. And that's the Holy Spirit. 
And revelation of God's word requires cooperation with the Holy Spirit. Revelation of God's word requires cooperation with the Holy Spirit. Now I'm working in tandem with somebody. Now there's some teamwork involved that I'm not just getting in this word and trying to find truth and trying to discover what God is really saying to me on my own. Now I have to realize, Holy Spirit, you've got to show me some things. Number one, I can know truth. I can know the mystery because this word that I just read just told me that he has now revealed it to his saints. I can know it. Does that mean I'll know all of it? Absolutely not. You can spend the rest of your life studying that book and never know just the tidbit of what God wants to reveal. But that's not going to stop me from spending my life Learning and understanding the truth of God's word and asking God to reveal his word to me. He wants me to know. I'll take it a step further. He needs me to know. He needs us to know. Jesus was revealing all kinds of stuff. All kinds of stuff. And he would say some of the simplest statements. That the disciples just could not understand until after he left and the Holy Spirit opened up the scriptures to them. Why? Because they're trying to comprehend stuff. They're, try, they're, they're trying to think with their natural mind, how can you tear down a temple and rebuild it in three days? It took us 40 years to build this temple. That's why when he's talking to Nicodemus... Nicodemus could not grasp the concept of how you are born again. He said, how can I go back into my mother's womb? I mean, that's just a disgusting thing to say. That's where his mind is at. Who who even conceptualizes that? I mean, I think I could come up with some other way of what born again means. And he's literally stuck there. And Jesus tells him, look, you see the wind blowing, but you can't tell where it comes from or where it goes. The same is the kingdom. There's a mystery that God wants to reveal. There's a truth. But I've got to work alongside the Holy Spirit. I've got to allow him to have his way in my life. I've got to allow him to work. There is not one time that I go into this word, even just doing my daily Bible reading plan, that I don't start with Holy Spirit. Illuminate the word to me today. Father, I thank you for revelation, supernatural wisdom and understanding of the word I'm about to read. I never approach this naturally. It's a waste of time. It's a waste of time. I've got to work alongside the one that Jesus promised, the one that Jesus sent, so I can understand the word. This word is life to me. This truth will set me free. And maybe there's some of us that are bound because we aren't leaning on the Holy Spirit to reveal truth to us. Look at this over in John chapter 14. John chapter 14. When we talk about the Holy Spirit, we're not talking about a power. We're not talking about a feeling. We're not talking about a presence or an emotional response to something. Don't blame stuff on the Holy Spirit he didn't make you do. (laughs) 
But Jesus gives a very clear description of what the Holy Spirit has come to do. Very easy. Step by step, he shows us four different times, four different ways that the Holy Spirit helps us. The first one I want to look at is John chapter 14, verse 16. John chapter 14, verse 16. Now let me set you up real quick. Uh, from John 13 through 17, or really through the end of 16, these are Jesus' last words with his disciples before he dies. Now, you and I know those are your last words with somebody. Those are pretty valuable. That's pretty important stuff. You're not just, you know, shooting the breeze or talking about the weather. You are talking about, okay, what are the, what are the last things I need to go over with you? And there's two subjects that he covers before he leaves. Number one, he talks about love. He talks about how we operate in love. But number two... He introduces them to the one that's going to take his place when he's gone. And that's the Holy Spirit. John chapter 14, verse 16 says, And I will pray the Father. How many of you think God answers Jesus' prayers? Okay. So I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper. That word another means just like as. I mean, this isn't even just a duplication of, this is the exact same, this is a replica of of what Jesus is. This is Jesus living inside of you. Another, just like as the previous. Another helper, that he may abide with you forever, because I can only abide with you for a short period of time. But the Holy Spirit, he can live with you forever. Verse 17, the spirit of what? Let's try that again. The spirit of truth, not lies, not deception, not half truth, not perversion. The spirit of truth. Why is he called the spirit of truth? Whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him for he dwells with you and will be in you. So this Holy Spirit, the spirit of truth, number one, Jesus calls him the spirit of truth. So if I want to know truth, maybe I got to hook up with the spirit of truth. And the world, the world can't know him. The world doesn't see him. The world has no relationship. Natural has no relationship with spiritual. But you know him because you soon will be spiritual. Is what he's saying to his disciples here. Skip on down to verse 25. John chapter 14 verse 25. Says these things I have spoken to you while being present with you. But the helper. See. Go back to verse 25. Let's uncover this. These things I have spoken to you while being present with you. What's he talking about? I've been revealing the mystery. I've been bringing you truth. And you haven't seen it. You haven't grasped the truth. I mean, the one time that a disciple finally speaks up and gives truth, Jesus asks, who do men say that I am? Who do you say that I am? And then Peter speaks up and says, you are 
Christ, the Messiah, the Son of the living God. And the one time Peter gets it right, he doesn't get any credit for it. He says, my father revealed that to you. (laughs) Why? Because I can't handle the truth. I don't just get truth based upon my own ability. It's being revealed to us by somebody. And so the father, through his spirit, Verse 26, but the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. Why? Because when I said it, you didn't get it. But then the Holy Spirit's going to remind you of those things and then he's going to reveal those things to you and now you'll get it. Now you'll get it. Because the Holy Spirit is in your life. John chapter 15, next chapter over, verse 26. But when the Helper comes, whom I shall send to you from the Father. Look at how, you know, all three times so far he's mentioned he's coming from the Father. Like, it's not just good enough to believe in the Holy Spirit because he's the Spirit of God. It, it's, it, you have to believe and know that he's the Spirit sent to you by the Father. Like, this is his key to revealing truth to you. God, show me something. God, show me your truth. God, open up the the word to me. And he's saying, get in communication with my spirit. He will show you. God has delegated revelation to the Holy Spirit. But when the helper comes, whom I shall send to you from the father, the spirit of truth who proceeds from the father, he will testify of me. He will testify. What's that mean? He's going to reveal to you stuff about me. So, yeah, remember that time we had that conversation where I was telling you about, you know, my death and everything that was happening. And you you got in my face and you said, may it never be. Yeah, the Holy Spirit, he'll reveal to you what I was really trying to say. Last one, John chapter 16. I need to look at verse 12. We got to start with verse 12. I think I only put verse 13, but we need to get verse 12 up there. It says, I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. Don't you hate that? Hey, I was going to. Ah, never mind. Don't worry about it. What? Say it. You know, I mean, you're just getting all kinds of stuff here. And he says, I've got so much more that I want to say. And they're on the edge of their seat thinking, bring it. And he goes, you can't handle it. You can't handle the truth. This is Jesus's version. See, before... Whatever move that was, before they came up with, you can't handle the truth, Jesus had already said, you can't bear them now. I bet if we look it up in the message translation, it probably says, you can't handle the truth. It's probably what it really says there. But that's what he's telling his disciples. Why? Because you don't have the Holy Spirit with you yet. But, verse 13, however, it's a conjunction connecting the previous verse to what's about to be said. However, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak and he will tell you things 
to come. The Holy Spirit, the Spirit of truth, sent from the Father, will reveal to you those things that you cannot bear, you cannot understand or handle on your own. But I'm sending you the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit wants to make known to you the mysteries of the kingdom of God, the mysteries of my will, the mysteries of my good pleasure, the mysteries that I've had predestined, ordained from the very beginning, from age to age, generation to generations. Before this world was ever created, my father had a plan and he wants to show it to you. He wants to make it known to you. And it's by his Holy Spirit. There's no revelation of God's word without the Holy Spirit's work in our lives. Period. Period. Never should we approach the word of God or approach needing something from God on the basis of our natural ability to conceptualize something. Never should we feel like we can't know what God wants to reveal? Never should I go into this thinking that God's just got things all locked up that I can't see. Look, there's a time. There apparently is a time. I mean, think about it. He, he said there in 1 Corinthians chapter 2 that even the rulers of this age didn't know. Now, number one, he's talking about the natural rulers, Pontius Pilate, King Herod, all those rulers that were in place that crucified Jesus put him to death. The Sanhedrin, the Pharisees. But he's also talking about another ruler. This is the exciting part. The mystery, God's mystery, is such a mystery that not even the devil knows what's going to happen. Think about it. If the devil really knew that the cross was going to be his demise... And his end. Would he have put him on the cross? I don't think so. Not only did the natural rulers not know the mystery of the kingdom. Even the rulers of the principality of the air. Spiritual rulers. That we know are there. That we know are in place. They had no clue what God was planning. They had no clue that the cross was actually part of God's plan to get the kingdom back in the earth again. (laughs) They had no idea. And this is the mystery that he wants to make known to us. See, the devil keeps wearing on you. And the devil keeps beating on you. And the devil keeps coming and attacking you because he doesn't know the plan. He doesn't know what happens. He doesn't understand the end yet. He doesn't get that the mystery has been revealed to us, but not to him. Isn't it so uh, uh, comforting to know that you know the game plan and the other side doesn't? In every sport, they work hard to keep the game plan hidden. I mean, in football, you see them, that even when they're communicating with the microphones, they've got the little, they, they'll take the pad and they'll cover their mouth with it, right? They don't want other people knowing the game plan. I was watching a, a baseball game today where uh, the, the hitter and the pitcher got into it because the hitter was getting signs, getting the pitcher signs, 
from somebody in the outfield. And so he knew what was coming. Every opponent wants to hide the game plan. And God has hidden the game plan from the enemy, but yet he's revealed it to you. And so if we'll hook up with his Holy Spirit, hook up with the Spirit of God living inside of us, the Spirit of truth, he will guide us into all truth. He will teach us truth. He will bring to remembrance all the things that Jesus said. Jesus is the word. So the Holy Spirit will bring this to remembrance and say, hey, remember that? This is what God was really trying to say. And he'll show us things to come. I mean, that pretty much covers it all. I'll bring to remembrance things that I've already said, and then I'll even show you other stuff. I mean, that's, there's really nothing left out. And sure, there's things that I may go through life and never know. I mean, I'm already guaranteed to not know when Jesus is coming back. (laughs) I already got that one covered. I'm not going to figure that one out. Anybody buy that book? 88 Reasons Why Jesus is Coming Back in 88? You don't have to raise your hand. They sold a lot of copies in 1989. (laughs) Yeah, everyone wants to know, what are the reasons why Jesus is not? Coming back in 88. Yeah, we we think we can figure these things out. It's not going to be outside of God's word. It's not going to contradict what God has already put in his word. But I do know this. The word tells me the father has now revealed the mystery through his spirit. So I need to work. I need to hook up with the Holy Spirit. I need to get in connection with what he wants to reveal to me. I need to get in connection with what the Holy Spirit has for me. Look, there are things, I don't know where you're at in life, I don't know what you're going through, walking through, uh, battling, but there is a mystery that God wants you to uncover. There is a truth underneath all the lies. And, and, and here's the thing that, that happened in the garden. Is man settled for a lie. Man settled for a lie. We didn't, we don't strive for truth anymore. Honestly, it's easier to live a lie than to accept the truth sometimes. Truth hurts. But truth delivers. Truth sets people free. Truth brings freedom and liberty. We've got to be people that just love truth. And we love truth so much that we're not going to settle for the lie any longer. I'm not going to settle for the lie about my finances. I'm not going to settle for the lie about my healing. I'm not going to settle for the lie about my marriage. I'm not going to settle for the lie about God's favor in my life. I am going to dig past all the lies, all the junk, and I'm going to find the truth. By the power of the Holy Spirit working in my life. Because he assures me I will know truth. The truth will set me free. Father, we thank you tonight that you have given us truth. You have revealed to us the truth of your word. You said that your word is truth. Father, when we get in your word, there's only one way to know it. 
There's only one way to comprehend it. And that's by the power of your Holy Spirit. Father, we want to thank you right now. We thank you for the role of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And Father, we choose from this day on to value his role as a revealer of truth, as our guide, as our teacher. Bring into remembrance all the things that you've said, all the things that you have spoken. Father, thank you so much. Forgive us for not valuing the role of the Holy Spirit as we should. Forgive us for not uh, placing and giving attention to the Holy Spirit's work in our life. But Father, there's a truth that you want to reveal to us. There's a mystery that you want to make known, and it's by your Holy Spirit. So we thank you tonight for giving us the Holy Spirit, the third person of the Godhead, to make known to us the mysteries of your kingdom. Father, may we begin to have those mysteries revealed. May we begin to know that which you've called us for, the purpose, the callings, the intentions. We love you and we thank you for your word. We love you and we thank you for the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen.